welcome guys to another edition of Before the Z-Wing Podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Arnold, and with me, as always, is our co-host, Travis, a.k.a. Saboken. Travis, good evening. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Good, good, good. I am as well. Before we uh, start this episode, which is all about the first four episodes of The Clone Wars on Disney+, Plus, just wanted to put it out there, guys. We know that it's a pretty crazy situation going on out there right now in the world, but we're just going to try to keep putting out Star Wars content, and uh, hopefully this gives you a little entertainment if you are cooped up or anything. Good luck to you all out there, and uh, stay safe. And uh, now on to the show. Wait, I believe there's some breaking news. Good evening, I'm Thrust Richter. Today, in a stunning move, Disney announced an early release for the digital version of Rise of Skywalker, coming to Amazon Digital and iTunes. So keep an eye on those if you want to watch the Rise of Skywalker while you're at home. And now back to the news. Chuck? Yes, thank you, Thrust. And also, if you're interested, Disney Plus has Frozen 2. <laughs> and now, on to our episode... Episode 14 of the Before the Z-Wing podcast, Season 7, Clone Wars. Woot woot. All right. Yes, you're the big, 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 big Clone Wars fan. You would be too if you just watched it all. Oh, well, that was, sorry, that was harsh. That was, that was a yes. low blow. I get it. I get it. It's a time thing. <laughs> yes. That's not what you're... I'm going from Chuck <laughs> Two Moons right down to me. And you, buddy, first four episodes of season seven, yes. all about the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Yeah, so um, <laughs> I don't know if I could ever just enjoy anything for the sake of enjoying it. No, I enjoyed them. I'm really happy that they came out. And it's a, it's a good way to get the thing started. I was a little worried that, you know, I'd, I had already seen the story reel version of these a couple years back when they first got released. So Yes, they came out earlier and now they're... In full, living, breathing color. So, you know, I've already seen these, and I guess I was more interested in seeing if there was going to be any changes, and of course how the difference in seeing the environments and the animation pull through, and wow, what a difference that the, the animation team has has just really evolved, and the, the character animation, the emotions that are being conveyed on their faces, is just, I don't want to say it's a completely different story, but I don't remember it being this vivid before. Now, I started rewatching some of season six, and I guess it is in line with that. But at the same time, I, I really felt that these this these versions of these four episodes, it felt like there was something more mature, more heavy about them. And I think it's because some more mature storytelling techniques were applied to what was going on. They cut out some some scenes from where they were in the, the story reel and supplemented them with some stuff that actually add a lot of more emotional weight, emotional development to our main characters. And specifically, I'm thinking that because Dave Filoni and his team realize that these are the final 12 episodes for this series, I think they're really tying up these loose ends and making sure these characters are left off in a very strong place. Should we, and this is a mild rumor, should we revisit these characters in the future? And I'm referring to Rex, of course, and Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, we haven't seen Ahsoka yet, but Rex was leading the uh, Bad Batch into an assault on a data center, and then he led them to rescue Echo. Yeah, I, I like the uh, Bad Batch. They're really interesting. I, I know they're a little bit of a classic war film group. You got the big the big uh, muscle head and the and the tough leader and the mm-hmm. the techno uh, sophisticated guy and then the like weapons specialist. So 
uh, very, very... Yeah, it was very much like uh, the Predator group. Yeah, Predator, right? you had... Like that elite forces, they, they're, you know, they're, they're shadow warriors, or whatever like that. They go in, the CIA drops them in, and they, they take care of business. They're highly specialized. In fact, actually, Hunter, the leader of the Bad Batch, his design, his look and everything is based off of one of the main characters from Predator. You mean Arnold? No. Arnold. No. Oh, you're talking about the Native American, maybe. Yes, they're Ooh. very good. You caught yes. that. Nice. I think a lot of people were thinking Rambo at first, but no, Dave Filoni said, Mm-mm, it's not, it's it's all Predator. They figure out who it is. So pretty cool there. Yeah, I don't uh, remember that gentleman's name, but that was an awesome scene when he finally had enough in Predator. He like just got rid of his stuff. He's like, come at me, bro. Oh, man. I can't believe <laughs> you just... Off screen. Come at me, bro. <laughs> And off screen, the predator did <laughs> indeed come at him, bro. But uh, no, I I uh, I really like that move, the predator. If we can take a quick sci-fi aside, ooh, I like that. I'm gonna hashtag that sci-fi aside. But uh, predator was great, and of course, always makes me want to uh, own a minigun whenever Jesse Ventura goes off with that thing. And my wife never says she's gonna buy it for me, but. Guess I need a new wife. Anyway, uh, Travis, back to the Clone Wars. Uh, You pulled that number on me, too. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Yeah. Uh, back to the Clone Wars. This is a definitive finish story arc for these guys. What did you like most about it? What did you like least about it? And then uh, talk to us about the other two story arcs that'll end out the uh, series for us. It is sad that this is it for them. It really feels like they were intended to be used a bit more regularly in the season. If you go back and check out some of those previous story wheel elements, you realize that there was actually a couple other episodes that involved them. One where they visit the planet Kashyyyk and they do a lot of work with the, the Wookiees. So bittersweet there. It's a weird way of, I don't know, how do I say this? I kind of think that as a, a huge fan of the series and of course, hoping that it, it, it concludes in a really satisfying way, it's interesting that they use the Bad Batch um, as a these four episodes as a vehicle to explore Captain Rex as a character, and I think some of the new scenes that they added with Captain Rex really capitalize on developing his character to give him sort of a final, um, a more satisfying conclusion as the series wraps up. I, I think I would have rather had seen a couple of the other episodes that were planned. Um, I think I mentioned earlier in one of our podcasts that there was an Asajj Ventress closure, a four-part story arc that, it, that concluded her story. I think that she was a very important character, and it would have been nice to see that. But I'm not let down that these episodes came out at all. But for me, since I'd already seen the story, like I mentioned earlier, it was more about comparing the evolution of the storytelling you know, between the story wheel versions that came out a couple years ago, and I think they're still available on StarWars.com, um, if not just on YouTube, and then these versions and seeing what did they cut out, what did they add. I was also keen to listen to how much of the original recordings of the actors they used, and there was some, I'll just use Matt Latner as an example, his Anakin Skywalker portrayal. There were some lines of audio that was taken directly, it sounds like it was taken directly from those recorded audio sessions way back when they were planning these episodes, because they record the audio first, and then they send it off to animation, that kind of thing. It's a yeah, long yeah. process, but the audio comes in first. And then hearing him pick up new lines, and, and as Dave Filoni and his story group sort of tweak these to make them a little bit more sophisticated in their emotional arc, and I, I, it sounds like Matt Latner hasn't aged at all. I mean, the, his voice, his metering, his speaking, everything sounds damn near identical. I mean, 
you know, if you think about all the evolution, just technology alone, new microphones, new sound recording equipment, I'm really shocked that the, the quality sounds right there. It's almost like we haven't missed a day. Yeah, I think we figured out um, maybe off pod, as we shall call it, that it's been about six years. So his voice probably isn't that different. But of course, with the new technology, I'm sure there could have been changes, but maybe they obviously wanted it to, to sound the same. I've got a question for you. Mm. Do you think that people, and I'm talking more general Star Wars fans, would be interested in a movie that features a whole bunch of clones? I know we're very connected to Rex and, and Echo and some of the others, but do you think they could actually pull off a live action so an anthology um, movie, movie that, yeah, an anthology of some of the Clone Wars series and then enough in the new movie to to make it worthwhile well first off i would say yes i think you could pull it off without having to see the clone wars animated series but sprinkling enough um easter eggs that it really does entertain the people who are familiar with that story so i'll give you an example why i think that works because for new viewers of star wars the mandalorian works great but for the diehard fans there's all kinds of easter eggs sprinkled in there that are there are call outs to like the entire history of star wars um, you know, in production. Yeah. But it, it would take a moment to sit down and say, okay, what what does this story serve to the greater Star Wars story arc? I mean, what are we what are we really trying to get to here? What's the heart of the story? And I my only concern would be is the heart of that story too similar to the heart of the Clone Wars series as far as the clone story arc that it would be in direct competition. It's almost like a rehashing of basically the overall theme. I don't think I would make a movie about the bad batch if that's where you're leading to i don't know if no, i wasn't i wasn't leading to that I, I don't think they could support a full movie but and maybe there's not enough room there in between the clone wars attack of the clones and revenge of the sith that they can there's maybe there's they've covered that ground so much that they they really can't pull out a movie no i, mean, I disagree no i they, totally think they could because i mean I they know, were I know fighting all that. over you the were place just talking about it but the, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd be interesting to see how they, they attempted to pull that off. I don't know if they could. I mean, you could but... introduce a new Jedi as their general, someone we haven't really seen before, or maybe somebody who was just a background Jedi in, in a shot. Um, Ayla Sakura, she's the, the blue Twilight Jedi, maybe a, a, a show where she's commanding them. Maybe she's not in the forefront of the episode or the movie. It really is about the clones. Maybe it's about the struggle the clones go through. But I think the, the Clone Wars cartoon series has covered so much of the emotional weight of what it is to be a clone. And that they've even hinted in the trailer that, you know, what's coming up. And I guess this one, this, this four story arc with the Bad Batch really kind of lends itself towards that too, especially in the character of Echo. I mean, the clones are having to wrestle with this whole notion of why are we here? I mean, they're there because of a war and this war is still dragging on and it doesn't seem like there's going to be an end in sight. And then, you have Rex who's contemplating the situation that so many of his comrades have fallen and he's a dedicated soldier. I mean, he was bred for this and yeah, you know, he's got to know by now that things aren't, things aren't right. You know, things are a little off and there is no end. There's no true victories happening. There doesn't seem like there's a, you know, it feels like the clones should be winning the war by now, but yet they're not. And these things keep coming up that keeps preventing it from do so. And that's kind of what sets him off on this journey of trying to find out, you know, where, where, how they figure out my tactics anyway, this is one small part of it. But if you watch the season six episodes where they, they kind of explore the control chip that's in the clone's head. I mean, he lost one of his closest friends, CT5555, fives, as they call him. Um, <laughs> and fives was part of Domino Squad. Remember, we, we talked about in our Clone Wars review, where we talked, you know, a while yeah. ago, 
there was the story that followed a group of clones when they went through training and then as they graduated into the 501st or first they were rookies and they graduated to 501st and they became ARC troopers. Well, Fives and Echo were a part of that Domino squad. And this is interesting to see, I mean, what's going to happen when Rex explains to Echo, like, and, and that would have been cool, actually. Now I'm thinking about it. Well, I'm sorry. I'm kind of flooding with you right this, but I, you know what? Yeah. Here's something I wish that we would have seen in that episode. If they're adding new content, I think it would have been nice to have a moment where Rex sits Echo down and tells him that Fives is, is gone, that this is what had happened. And the reason why I say this would have been interesting to see if they had considered putting this in there, I think they should have committed to it. Because we don't know how much Echo knows about the control chip. He was, you know, he was, the Techno Union had him, plugged him into their machines. You know, allegedly the yep. separatists don't know about this extra plot. And so I'm kind of surprised that the Techno Union didn't detect this. It shows up like as a tumor, in the in their head if they had taken it out while they're you know connecting all the cables up to his head did they wonder what that thing was or did echo realize when he was strapped into the computer and his brain was kind of being interfaced like hey there's a physical anomaly inside me and why didn't he say as much to to rex if he had the chance there's a lot of nuanced storytelling that could have happened in this episode it seems like it would have made sense that we could have had those emotional story beats with characters who have this this legacy this longevity from the beginning of the entire clone war series to kind of conclude now and it's it's sad to see echo leave to go with the bad batch you know clone troop 99 and at the same time i don't know where his story could go because we really do have to close up the shop here we need to get to ahsoka we need to get to anakin I mean, this is the moments that lead up to Revenge of the Sith in Order 66. So I, I feel like there's going to be right. something. So we we already know where the kind of the story arcs go. Mm-hmm. What's coming up next in the next or in the final uh, eight episodes of this series? Yeah. The next two arcs that are coming up, the eight <laughs> episodes we have to follow up on this whole stuff. Dude, I could talk about this forever. We're getting a, an Ahsoka story arc. Yay. And this is, I think think based off of the story reel called uh, Ahsoka's Walkabout. I can't find information if this is a full four episodes or if it's maybe two or three. We'll see. But we finally get to get back to Ahsoka. She's already out of the Jedi Order. So this is what her life was like after she walked away. She's kind of making a new life for herself. I think she starts off on the surface level Coruscant and eventually she makes her way into the underworld. There's some interactions with her sort of fighting. I don't know if she's fighting the crime syndicates or if she's sort of working as a bounty hunter with them, sort of like Asajj Ventress did. But I think the Pikes are going to make a a presence in here. We've seen them in previous episodes, Um, particularly there's an episode where Darth Maul sort of takes over the Pikes and folds him into his crime syndicate, um, which then dovetails into what happens in the movie Solo. And then, of course, the final four episodes, whatever those middle four are going to be, the final four are allegedly about the Siege of Mandalore, culmination between the Darth Maul story arc within the Clone Wars, Ahsoka story arc within the Clone Wars, Captain Rex's story arc within Clone Wars, which I think is one of the reasons why they chose these first four to, to highlight him, to see his progress and where he's going to end up in all this. Yeah. Allegedly, we're going to see the moment where Anakin and Obi-Wan are called to go back to Coruscant to save Chancellor Palpatine, who has been kidnapped. And that will dovetail into the opening sequence of Revenge of the Sith. Boom. And then we are done. Yeah. Well, it should be really interesting. I know it's it's a sad time for you, but... It is. It should be interesting to see more about Ahsoka Tano, because I know she's... uh, your favorite Star Wars character of all time. Yep. And she's the favorite of many, many others. And I certainly liked uh, what I've seen of her from the Clone Wars uh, movie in a few episodes. Nice. So 
it'll be nice to see her again and uh, see where she goes. Well, so I have a question there. for you then. I mean, I know you, you didn't get into the Clone Wars cartoon series until I think after you and I started talking about it, just shortly before we started the podcast production, right? Correct. So are you at all concerned that you're going to be seeing sort of the end of her journey in the next few episodes and not having all that, that backstory to fill you in? No, because I know that she is going to come alive <laughs> in real life, in live action, possibly in The Mandalorian or another live action Star Wars property in the future. I can guarantee it. Wow, you guarantee it. See, I'm not so confident that's going to happen, but that's interesting. I mean, I'm the person who would want that to happen, but you seem more confident that will happen before I am. I think that they missed their opportunity with Rise of Skywalker. I I honestly think that they should have brought her into Rise of Skywalker. She should have been a one training Rey. Her and Leia side by side should have been training Rey. And that they didn't do that just blows my mind. I don't know. Well, here's this then. Well, we, ta- we talked about the, all the, the rumors of what Dave Filoni kind of put out there on Twitter and, and some other things. So well, so I think speaking to that, wait, 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 no, he... no, 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 speaking to that, speaking to that, this is Thrust Richter, always trust Thrust. There are some <laughs> growing rumors, and this is giant speculation, that there is some kind of animation thing in the works and going to be announced before the end of the year and maybe even a sequel to the Rebels cartoon series. It's supposed to come out in November. Now, I have seen nothing. I've checked. I've been checking IMDb for the actors that, that would be in a sequel for Rebels. Nothing keeps coming up. It could be just pure conjecture from the internets. If there is a sequel series to Rebels, regardless if it's coming out sooner or later, if such a thing's going to happen, I would be shocked if it didn't star Sabine Wren and Ahsoka Tano because of the way their characters were left off at the end of Rebels. It was basically like... Yeah, I'm not going to say it was a true cliffhanger, but it was basically like the story will continue and it will continue along this path. So, yes, Ahsoka will return at some point. But I don't know if she'll be in live action or she'll be in in, um, animated form. I will give one person one dollar if she's not in a live action. Oh, my God. That's a Snickers bar. (laughs) In the near future. (laughs) That is a Snickers bar, yes. All right, Travis. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. One more thing. If before these next four episodes come out i would suggest that we wait and do a recap after the the next story arc is finished like we did with the bad batch if you could take the time to see the um the four episode story arc that closes season five i think that's going to give you some really important information about where ahsoka is before you see her in these upcoming episodes sounds good i will do that and you will put that on instagram yes and in that instagram post you will link to your essential Clone Wars episode list. Oh, sure. So if people are just getting into the Clone Wars, Mm -hmm. they can see this entire list that Travis put together, 83 episodes, because he miscounted instead of 84. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) And it's 83 episodes out of 144, so it cuts down a big chunk that um, is not essential, but Travis puts it in order for you uh, chronologically, and gets to the nitty-gritty of the series. So if you're just tuning into Clone Wars now or you're thinking about getting into it and you haven't seen all of them, check out that list that we have, and that is on Sabokan.com. That's S-U-B-O-K-E-N.com. And search for uh, Clone Wars, and that list will come right Yeah, I think up. if you just do a Google search for Sabokan, as you said, and then Clone Wars Ultimate Viewing Guide, 
that I think that's the, what the document was officially titled. Or titled Sounds as. good. So that'll be super easy to find on the Google machine. Travis. Yes. Coming up next. Oh, is it? This is soon. it. This is it. We've been waiting for so long. I finally get my moment to shine. Okay. Travis, <laughs> Travis just think. I want you to th- close your eyes, and I want you to think of the Star Wars fan universe, mm-hmm. and I want you to think of all the people around the world who have been waiting <laughs> to hear your solo sequels yes. and see if you can find both of them just like Professor X. But there are two people out there God. who are <laughs> to hear this. Travis has stories to make Solo important and vital to the Star Wars saga with two new episodes mm-hmm. Two movie sequels to Solo, which we've mentioned about 600 times. (laughs) But folks, these are our next episodes. We promise you both that we will now have (laughs) sequels to Solo on our next episode. So keep on listening. Travis, Mm -hmm. we're well into... More than 20 minutes. I think we've done it for the first four episodes. I do, but there's one thing you left hanging. There's, there's one thing you left hanging, though. And, of course, Travis has more to say. Yes, sir. Go ahead. What is the significance of the name Billy? <laughs> what is the significance of the name Billy? Yes. Was that the question? That is the question. Five, is this a baby Yoda joke? Four, I'm, I'm hoping. Three, two, no. Hashtag no. One. Go ahead. I don't. I don't know. Sonny Landham, he played Billy in Predator. That's the character we were talking about earlier. Hunter is visually based off of Billy from Predator. Billy, yeah. Billy, of course, Billy. Yes, of course. What a great, great movie. If you haven't seen that, I know uh, it's quite old now. Um, by by uh, where yeah. we are. God, that's got to be. Is do you have it right there? How old is it? Nineteen eighty-seven. No, yeah. I'm sorry. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven, dude. I was gonna say like ninety-two. <laughs> no, 94. no, eighty-seven. Holy cow! So most of you probably weren't even alive. But if you guys want to see an awesome action movie, you know about the Predator, or, or even if you don't, that'd be even well, better. <laughs> may I say better something semi-sacrilegious about this? You liked the second one? No, 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 no. So okay. You, you know, I keep. Re- you liked. Wait, you liked the one where the predators are fighting the aliens in the uh, pyramid under the ice? No, I haven't seen that one. What? Sorry. Okay. Okay. What, go ahead. Disrespect predator. Go ahead. I know. I keep mentioning this from time to time. Yeah, I've been kind of instrumental in my wife being introduced to some of these classic sci-fi films and stuff like that, and uh, I have this, I guess, urge to sort of shape the viewing experience that she gets to see these things in because i kind of like to you know edit out the riffraff stuff to kind of make these things a little bit more compelling so i'm sorry predator fans you're gonna probably really hate me for saying this but her and her younger brother had come over um this is maybe well this is before we we had kids um so it's about seven years ago maybe and i wanted them to see predator because they were kind of curious because i think there was a sequel to predator had come out um yeah, with four, uh, Lawrence Fishburne and a bunch of ensemble casts. I think it was just called Just The Predator. Robert R- Rodriguez had, had written and directed it. And so I was thinking yes, about going to see that. And... Uh, to to kind of... Yeah. Topher Grace was in Topher it. Topher Grace. Hey, our, our fan edit 
King. So I was thinking like I would introduce him to this movie. And so we, I had it on, uh, I think I had a, a digital copy. Well, I sat down to watch it and I had to play it at two times speed. No, 1.5 speed just to keep it moving <laughs> because it's a very slow film. They do do. By today's they standards. <laughs> they, they uh, trudge through the jungle quite a bit, but that just builds the suspense. It does. Travis. But if you're, if you're not invested in it and not really like, I mean, at, when it came out, that was that was awesome. I saw it in a the theater. My dad took me to go see it in a the theater, which was a big no-no because I was way too young. So, sorry, Mom. How could you yeah. not be invested in Arnold Schwarzenegger? I'll be back. But by today's standards, with the fast pace of storytelling and editing, I, it just it's not that quality of a movie that's really worth just sitting. It's not Blade Runner. Blade Runner, I would not touch. That That is a slow drip. You're going to sit through that and just soak it up. Terminator is not that quality of sci-fi. It's good. It's fun. No, no, no. Don't say Terminator. We're talking about Predator. Oh, God, God. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Predator, Predator, Predator. No, 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 no. You want to talk about Terminator? I'm shaking my finger right at the microphone. Let's talk about Terminator. (laughs) Let's talk about Terminator on another (laughs) podcast. I think we're done for the evening, Travis. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Welcome to our... uh, Thank you for listening to our Predator podcast, by the way. Anyway, this has been Before the Z-Wing podcast. We are on Twitter at Before the ZW at... That's the letter B, the number four, the ZW. Before underscore the underscore Z-Wing on Instagram. Spell out before and uh, Before the Z-Wing on Facebook. And we do that. Travis, too. Stay under the radar of the Empire. Yes. Good night, everybody. This has been Thrust Richter. And I'm Chuck Two Moons. Once again, this has been Before the Z-Wing Podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Before ZW. Never underestimate a droid. That's it. Boom. Boom.